0: You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're talking about John Carpenter's 1995 remake, Village of the
1: Damned. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something actually strange. the
2: middle children of history, man. No purpose in no place. We have
1: no great war, no great depression true Barbara we're on a mission for God I'll buy an answer I dollar. welcome to the party pal let's put a smile on that face alright sweethearts you heard your man pull him out come on and have him I will show you where I have made my home while preparing to bring justice then I will break you Great war is the spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives.
0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Jeremy Benson and Paul Williams. What's up? So, guys, before we get into talking about Village of the Damned, Another John Carpenter film, which is always a pleasure to talk about. Always, always. Let's so all get into a nice little group hug here, guys. We we've been doing this for a year now. Yay! Self-critiquatory. High five. Well, we got look. We got uh, we got a nice letter in from uh, from somebody not too long ago, telling us thank you for doing the Rushamon episode.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really
0: cool. So we got to expose somebody awesome. that uh, wasn't into Kurosawa to some Kurosawa. So that's always cool. So you know, hey. Changing lives here, <laughs> one movie at a time, right? Maybe, maybe not changing lives. Maybe uh, slightly entertaining people while they go to work. And the radio's I got broken. An email oh, you got podcast. an email? All
2: right, let's hear it. Uh, just said, hey, thanks for offering a place that positive about films. I thought that was cool because we've really tried to remain non-negative.
0: We have to get more requests later on in the future, so. All right, circle jerk over. We have a request that we haven't done yet. What have we not Uh, done?
2: Someone has asked us to do a Rocky. What do you you mean? You have asked us to do a Rocky? No, a a guest that will be on the show soon has asked us to do Rocky. He would like to do Rocky.
0: (sighs) You know, it's Rocky. I'm just, you know, I'm not really the biggest fan of Rocky. Can I come out and say that? No. Rocky is not like my bread and butter. I really like the first one. Rocky's awesome. but If you like the first one,
2: honestly, you'll like the last two.
0: I do, but like, I'll be honest with you. I've seen Rocky three times in my entire life. You should watch the last two. They're really good. I'll, ch- I'll check them out. Uh, the fifth one just was so terrible. It was god-awful.
2: That's in that world of uh, Crystal Skull.
0: Yeah, it was doesn't, so
2: bad. It just doesn't exist. Like, I, I just showed the kids, we're up to Rocky 4. And they said, okay, when are we going to watch Rocky 5? I went, nah, it's Crystal Skull. And they all knew what that meant. They just went, "Oh, so we're going straight to Balboa and pretending it doesn't exist." Yes,
0: I guess I need to go back and rewatch them. But memory is one is good. Two is the exact same thing as one, except for he wins. Three, fun '80s charm. Four, no, 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 fun '80s charm.
2: There's some difference in two. His relationship with Adrian and well, let me
0: let me rewatch them and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about them then. You know, baby steps. Rocky aside, let's talk. Who saw that shitty Rogue One trailer? Oh my god, I'm gonna punch (laughs) you in the face. Happy anniversary, Brian.
1: (laughs) All right, guys. I don't really have anything to say about the Rogue One trailer. I don't even know what the fuck is going on because I haven't seen The Force Awakens yet, so yeah. Well, you don't need to see The Force Awakens. It
0: takes place before Star Wars A New Hope. It's uh, the story of them stealing the Death Star plans.
2: And and I was kidding, by the way. The trailer's pretty fun.
1: Yeah,
0: no, it's a pretty amazing trailer. It's. Uh, I apparently... will say
1: I like the fact that, cool, they got Forrest Whitaker in there. Forrest Whitaker and the battle scenes look really awesome.
0: Just skip forward to the end of that trailer, and that when that AT-AT shows up on that beach and starts shooting at the infantry. Oh, hills, yeah. I uh, mean, I lost yeah that's
1: that's what I'm talking about.
0: I lost my mind. I just had like a nerdgasm immediately, just like, oh my God, that's probably the coolest thing I've seen.
1: That's kind of like the stuff I would like to see. Just seeing that just little you know part kind of captivated me a little bit. I was like wow this this actually looks really cool, even though I don't know anything about what the fuck's going on in the whole fucking saga right now. I just yeah,
2: well, there's some rebels, and there's an empire. The Empire is building this Death Star. Yeah, Paul, you've seen Star and Wars. The, the Rebels
0: epi- are going to steal. Yeah, the I've plans. seen all the Star Wars. Yeah, well, Seven takes place like a lot of years later, right? You know, in Star Wars. So you don't need to see
2: Seven at the beginning of Star Wars when Darth Vader invades Leia's ship and is he's yelling, yeah. "I want those plans and I want them now." Rogue One happens right before okay. Episode Four, and the plans Darth Vader is yelling just- about is what this movie is going to be about.
0: Yeah, you didn't you notice the ju- man? I the god, this is so. We- this is what it's like talking to like well, normal I, I people that don't know that what Star Wars or, um, is like. It's just like it's. Oh my god! It's
1: so frustrating. Did, like, did well, you I mean, see damn, the Death Star back there?
0: The-
1: yeah, I saw. I saw the the Death Star being like assembled and constructed and shit. And you know, like I said, I haven't seen The Force Awakens, so I'm under the assumption watching this trailer that. You know, it has a cohesive storyline.
0: It it does, but no, it—the Death Star. That's the Death Star from Episode Four that you see in the trailer.
1: Did get that? I mean, come on. As far as I know, there's only one Death Star in Star Wars, and that's the original Death Star in Star Wars. There's two. There's two two Death Stars, man. There's Well, I know that, but the other one's never fucking completed, right? (sighs) Right.
0: So oh, man, technically, we're cutting all this out so I don't, don't get angry email. Is,
1: there's <laughs> one Death Star and a half ass Death Star. There
0: you go. Well okay, but they're okay. Right. Okay,
2: but just to clarify for you, Rogue One happens while they're building first full Death Star. And then in okay, Return so of the Jedi, one, they blow up half ass Death Star Death Star.
1: Prequel to yeah, yeah. So Rogue One is prequel right, right. to say New Hope,
2: right? And then yeah. Force Awakens happens thirty or something years after they blow up half-assed Death Star.
1: Now how the fuck was I supposed to even understand what the hell was going on in this trailer? Well, these movies take so much of a time span apart from one another. I
0: don't, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. It was pretty obvious to me. I don't understand what you're. Well, I mean, a,
1: obviously, yeah. I, I
0: found but that I, mean, I have a Batman or Superman.
1: The, <laughs> Well, I was under the impression that, you know, this was going to be a sequel to The Force Awakens. I didn't know this was a prequel to both.
0: Oh, my gosh. Dude, you know, all those times were like, why are they doing that with marketing? That's so stupid. Everybody gets that. No. 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 Yeah, well, I'm see, the no, one fucking we guy. We just that- paid
2: too close attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm the good. thing.
0: No, I mean, like, okay, I'm sorry, but no, like that's like you notice they do like all the callbacks to specifically, specifically episode four, like the siren that's going yeah. off. The real People. stormtrooper helmets are yeah. are used. It's not the first order helmets that the stormtroopers have in yeah. episode seven. The Death Star and you know star destroyers are back. Well, like I, I said, said Darth I really had be no knowledge. It. Are you wait, wait, hold up, repeat that again. I didn't hear that
2: on some Star Wars site that they confirmed Darth Vader will be in it maybe a rumor, but I'm hoping it
0: happens that Darth Vader will actually be man that that'd be pretty awesome how could you how would you not have him
2: at least that show would up? would be interesting
0: okay let me ask you this the guy that's standing in the Definitely. Death Star room that's got the white cape on do you think that's uh talking yeah that's what I thought I thought that was totally. Peter Cushion's character yeah, I from, totally uh, thought that was from episode Moth four, Darkin,
2: whatever his name is, yeah,
0: and I yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. But I, I it looks a sure. lot like him. They brought back uh, oh, what's the 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 chick that gives them their mission in uh, Return of the Jedi with Arnold Ackbar, and then there's that woman that's like Minnie Botham's died, yeah, like the Admiral Lady, or I forget what her name is, Mon Queen or whatever, Mon. I don't know her name. I forget what her name is too. But man, you asked me like two months ago, and i been able to tell you, but now. But no, I really enjoyed all this. I like how it's like a Dirty Dozen, where the bad guys are being recruited to do something for the rebellion. I like that storyline a lot. I think that's really cool. Rebellion, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's super awesome. Um, it looks it looks cool. I don't know how I feel about uh, the Jackie Chan uh, Jet Li martial arts in the middle of Star Wars without lightsabers.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree. It was the one part of the trailer that sort of went. Uh, uh,
0: I don't know. Yeah, there's a martial arts sequence in there that I just I don't I don't dislike it. it felt a little out of place to me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like in Star Wars when you see him. Do but that at move, the same time,
2: like... like remember, the only like active force using person is Darth Vader. Maybe they were like developing a kung fu type I don't know, I'm just making shit up.
0: <laughs> no, I mean I, I I could see that. That could
2: be cool. Kenobi's hiding off in his little
0: hut waiting on Luke to show up. <laughs> At the end, like uh, the trailer, when they have uh, Felicity Jones and she turns around and she's got the imperial armor on, and they—I forget what the the variant line is—at the end of the trailer, but like something like, "Oh, you're gonna have to make your choice," and it kind of hints at that maybe she may turn bad. I kind of—I mean, I like that, dude. I just—I got really excited about it. Gareth Edwards is directing. He directed Godzilla, so I love this guy. I'm super. I'm super
1: pumped. I've ruined all my fucking nerd cred.
0: Yeah, you kind of you. Yeah, you've definitely ruined your Star Wars nerd cred, man. Your your street cred's broke, dude. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah, to issue you a, a new card at the end of the podcast. Maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Vincent's looking at me like maybe yeah. you're never gonna bounce back from this. <laughs> He's like, there may be no. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm just scratching my hey. eye, but <laughs> he is just scratching uh, his guess, eye with uh, Dick.
1: I have no shame. No shame, huh?
0: All right, guys. So here we are. Switching gears now, talking John Carpenter's 1995 remake of Village of the Dam, a remake of the 1960s British film of the same name based off of The Midwitch Cuckoo, which I've never read. Have you guys read that? No. No, I haven't. No. Either.
2: I have never seen the original. I
1: never saw it. Oh, you've never seen the original? Nope. Paul, have you seen it? Yep. I've seen the original, and I will say both the original and the remake are the best pro abortion movies ever made
0: <laughs> uh i don't know i yeah, I'm going of, there already I'd have to think about that for a second um before before committing to that uh no i I've seen the original it's um it's 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 very similar in fact it's extremely similar um we'll point out a couple of the yeah, differences. Yeah. Um, throughout, but there's there's really not much. Most of it is the original is more focused on the men and them, kind of destroying the beans or the kids and talking about that. Whereas in this remake, it's much more focused on the women and the in the family life, which I enjoyed better actually.
1: I will I will agree with you on that, and I do I do kind of like the fact of of that. The original is a great movie; it really is. I, I enjoy both the original and the remake. The one thing that I really think I I enjoy. Also a lot about this movie and I'm kind of a sucker for beautifully shot uh landscaping. John Carpenter does a freaking phenomenal job. John Carpenter
0: originally remade like probably one of the most, you know, famous horror remakes, The Thing. This is his second time going through a remake, Village of the Damned. Uh, we've never really talked about on the show what everybody thinks about remakes. What are the opinion overall of remakes? What do you guys think of them? Love them, hate them? You know, uh up until about 10 years
2: ago i would have said i really don't mind them because it wasn't a every damn weekend thing and everything wasn't getting a remake now yeah i'm a little i'm a little tired of them but it seems like all right like when carpenter remade the thing he did his own thing with it it was it in my opinion a better movie but the remakes that are coming out now it just seems like they're just pushed through and very often they're not better movies
0: not a lot of love and care put in. No, yeah,
2: it. it's 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 a title with schlock under it. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: thank you, thank you. So very um, much. no, nobody nobody chimed in and disagreed with Vincent on that.
2: One. You know what I mean? Like other <laughs> like I can I'm trying to think of like recent horror remakes that I thought were really good. We talked about this on the Poltergeist uh, podcast.
0: Shit, that we never did. Huh? We never did that. We never did a Poltergeist podcast. We didn't. No, we went to go see the movie, but we decided not to because we disliked the remake so much.
2: Well, I guess we just oh, talked oh, about oh, it at oh, your house so much. Yeah,
0: no, we we talked about a, it, but you know, the
2: reason the tagline of the show is two dudes talking about movies because we'd be <laughs> fucking doing it anyway. I, you know, like I can't remember many other than the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Like not not many popped through my head that I'm like, yes, I I thought that was. Right along with what I wanted. I liked My Bloody Valentine. I I really enjoyed that. I, have, I haven't seen that one
0: yet.
1: Oh. If you liked House of Wax, the House of Wax remake wasn't really
0: bad. I hated that movie. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't the
1: biggest fan of that one either.
0: It was it was all right. It was okay. But I don't know. I, I'm okay with remakes as long as they fall into the camp of offering something new or taking an idea somewhere different. Like, I was
2: excited when I heard they were going to remake
0: it for theatrical release. Yeah, I would be down for that. That sounds great. Like,
2: all right, so that's a yeah. you know made-for-television movie yeah. that's now going to get a rated R treatment. Cool, that's a remake I can be down for. Uh, same thing with the Stand. Uh, you know, another Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I'm not going to get super excited about.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd be okay with it just because, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't really consider that a remake just because it was made for TV and then you know, then it's going theatrical, so. I don't know when you're going to different mediums. I don't, I don't know.
2: You know I what guess, I mean? I guess a lot of a lot of times it depends on the property too. Like yeah, that's true. If like I love the book Dracula, that movie's been made hundred fifty thousand times. But if some you know badass director was doing a new Dracula movie, I'd be oh it's fucking cool! I can't wait to go see just new Dracula. But then again, you know if somebody announced we're redoing Texas Chainsaw, uh, yeah, or don't look now, I'd be like oh, okay, whatever
1: the remake there were elements of the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I actually enjoyed. I'm not saying it's the greatest remake ever, but there were elements that I did enjoy.
0: Yeah, no, and there are elements I enjoy too, but I don't know. I, I just, it's so hard to even argue about. Cause like when you're talking about chainsaw, it's like the original is so great. It's like when they remade Halloween, yeah. it's like, you're so fucked. Halloween well, is already a great movie. Here. Well, it's like, all right you know, here,
2: it's trash. Kind of my point on, on the whole remake thing rob zombie's movie halloween had been called something else and with a different mask and name i would have liked it a lot more but constantly (laughs) mentally comparing because i actually like the movie but when you're constantly comparing it to the classic john carpenter film you just get that kind of juxtaposition of well i liked what carpenter did better
1: Now, if it would have been called Michael Myers, or if it would have been called, for example, Halloween, the origin of Michael Myers, or Michael Myers' No, I'm saying
2: just, like, make it a completely different character. Like, fucking call it Bradford. Return to Bradford. Bob Myers. There's this killer, and he shows up in a white mask, and it doesn't look like Michael Myers. But it's the same story otherwise. Like, I would have probably been really... A lot more into it
1: or hell maybe even if it was a halloween under a different name you know been like okay well yeah that that might be actually pretty good I'm trying to say that that's a remake fuck no that's not a remake i'm sorry well they but did call it i mean to rob, zombie, to rob
2: zombie they he did call it a reimagining well,
1: i mean no it's a remake I yeah mean, well
2: i gonna say I'm, that's I'm definitely a reimagining it, yeah. I'm laughing at the marketing, the reimagining. I know,
0: I know. Mean, it's it, it it's a remake. It's just used
2: to be when when filmmakers would remake something, it was remade with a lot of love.
0: It doesn't seem like there's been a lot of love in some of these remakes here lately. I no I think that's really unfair to say. Like, I don't I don't I don't feel that way at all. Like, I thought the Evil Dead remake well, that one, had a lot that of love is, in it. That's good. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I thought that had a whole lot of heart in it. Uh, I feel like there's one that comes along a year. I mean, yeah, you get some soulless, life-sucking su- stuff like uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, but... Greatest movie ever. Again, I mean, I think that's... I think the problem with that movie is the f- the filmmakers are trying to infuse something so different... That doesn't belong in that source of material. Like, you know what really makes making, me mad about that movie? Making Freddie maybe a child molester or not? You know what I mean? Like, why is that in there? He is the bad guy. We all know that. There's some cool in.
2: stuff with it. I mean, like the micro dreams. That part was yeah, cool. Yeah, no, see that's great. Uh, and I thought Jackie Hurl Haley did yeah. a great job.
0: Yeah, no, he's he did a fine yeah. performance.
2: Alright, like when Carpenter did the thing or when they did the Evil Dead remake or when you can tell that the director has a lot of passion for the material. And he's respect. He, you know, he he has a vision of what he wants to do with this material. Even I'll even throw the Rob Zombie remake in. Cause I know you don't like it, but no, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. I can see what he wanted to do with it, as opposed to when it's a remake that oh here's a title that we really like. There's some producers that are pushing it through, and they're hiring some somebody to just come in and do some stuff. I don't know what I'm trying, I don't know the words I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, when it's, it feels like everything was put together for just the purpose of money and they're not treating you with respect as an audience member. Like, I paid my $7, I want you to try. Yeah, there's not a
2: vision to make yeah. this a definitive <laughs> new... <laughs> Definitely. Like, when you go see that Evil Dead remake, which, I, I, I really feel bad I left that off because I love that movie. It is a definitive new vision of Evil Dead. You Like, you leave, you're like, man, that... that it still works with the story. It's fucking scary. It's It works. That had everything that you wanted from an Evil Dead remake modernized.
1: I'm not saying I hated it, but, you know, I'm just like, it didn't shock, surprise, and or awe me, in but, other words. but
0: Okay, but, oh, hold up. What does that mean? It's shock you. Like, name a movie in the last ten years that shocked you.
1: Evil Dead? <laughs> No,
0: no, okay, Paul. No. I said in oh. the last 10 years, first off, you saw Evil Dead way more than 10 oh, years okay. ago. So yeah, that's way, way, yeah. way out of there, okay? That's like a video that's nasty the from the movie. 80s. That's not that's... what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is in the last 10 years, when's the last time you, like, oh my God, I was shocked? The last yeah, movie.
2: The bird eating the mom's tit was. I was like, holy shit, wasn't expecting that. Well, man, I mean, at the same time, I don't think there's. Hey, nowadays people have real sex in during –
1: during movies.
0: And that's blow what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like everybody's day. so desensitized. Like, how can you be shocking anymore today? Like, you can't. I
1: don't know, man. I watched
0: But at movies. the same time, like,
2: I, I still was, I, I would still use the word, like, shocked, or you can say surprised during The Witch. When that happened, like, it emotionally made me open my eyes and go, whoa. But, like,
0: I mean, you know, I mean. After we're talking said, shocked, that, like, Evil Dead and, like, gore. I guess I'm like, I'm talking about, like, how you felt when you watched Irreversible and how you were scarred after that and that really shocked you and you ne- you can't re- you can't unwatch that movie
2: there's story shock that you can do something simpler with like the bird eating, eating the mom and i'm offering an alternative here yeah. cuz i mean i think like martyrs and irreversible and a serbian film like What can you – what have you not seen, you know?
0: Well, that's my point. That's where I'm going with this is, like, bringing up the video nasties and things like that is, like, how can you shock anybody? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're talking about – yeah, you can story shock, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. But Every film should be able to do that if you grab the audience. But to me,
2: the story shock is way more interesting than –
0: It is, but that's on a personal level, whereas, like, I feel like we can all share – the cultural shock moments where we can all be like, we can all just walk out of passion of the Christ and be like, wow, I just watched Jesus get his ass kicked for an hour.
1: Shit. I was getting ready to bring that up. Just like fuck.
0: general attitude towards remakes. I, I, I love a remake because it, I think it gives people like that don't know about the original movie. gets them invested in it. It gets us more fans. Uh, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I feel I, like it I, just I still... helps people find great movies. I went from being
2: excited every time I hear about a remake to extremely skeptical every time I hear a remake.
0: All right. So, yeah, so general feeling of remakes, I I really do like them. Uh, Mrs. Carpenter's second. Let's uh, start shifting over to talking about Village of the Damned here. I don't think it's as successful as The Thing, but I put that in a much higher regard than a lot of other films. It's one of my favorites, if not my first or second favorite Carpenter movie, maybe my third. This film is not is it's not my favorite Carpenter movie. I would not put it in my top ten, but it it does have a lot to offer. And I feel like people have crapped on it a lot, but I feel like people have just kind of crapped over Carpenter's latter half of his career in general, which I think is really extremely unfair. I don't I don't think it really all that much changed for him as a filmmaker. I don't know. Uh, what, what do you What do you guys think? Uh, Carpenter later half career, Village of the Damned, not my favorite Carpenter movie.
1: No, not mine either. No, there was Ghost of Mars. I mean, I like vampires, but there's just there are problems in vampires that I do have. But I mean, I don't really think that it's you know John Carpenter one bit at all as a as a filmmaker or anything like that. I mean, I
0: don't even think my opinion really matters on this podcast at all. I'm gonna go ahead and say I love every single John Carpenter movie. Uh, I hold all of them in a very extremely special place in my heart. I think they're all extremely well made, at least to some point. And I don't know, man, if if you're not on the same page with me here, guys, I just feel like you're not looking for it enough because there, I mean, even in village of the damned, I, I think the movie misses a couple of marks here and there. And I do feel like Carpenter sometimes I feel like in this film, he's trying a little too hard to remake the original film as opposed to adapting the book which on the thing he kind of on that he didn't ad- adapt Howard Hawks's The Thing from Another World. Instead, he went back to the source book, Who Goes There, by uh, John Campbell. For Village of the Damned, he is he's really he's going after the blonde hair, uh, the blonde headed kids, you know, which which is in the original nineteen sixty movie. So I mean, he's he's definitely calling back to the images that are associated with that film. He's taking these two remakes and approaching them. From completely different areas where like one, he's like, No, I'm gonna throw all that out and I'm gonna keep some basic ideas, but I'm gonna make a new story, whereas in this one he's keeping the story and he's looking at it through different people's point of views. You know what I mean?
1: I could definitely see where you're coming from on that one. I probably have more problems with the original Village of the Damned than I do John Carpenter's version of it. Could possibly be because I saw John Carpenter's Village of the Dam. Before I saw the illusion.
0: Oh, you saw John Carpenter's first? Yeah, I I did not.
1: This Funny, was I remember going over to like the freaking video store and written that on VHS on like a Friday night or something.
0: This was my second Carpenter film ever in theaters. I saw uh, in the Mouth of Madness like a couple of months. Like, I love that movie. Oh my god, I it did it's, I think that's Carpenter's like last great freaking four star movie. Between In the Mouth of Madness and Village of the Dam was like four or five months. And my dad took me to see this. And this, you know, it was this was a real big thing. Second Carpenter on the big screen in less than a year. Fun times, brother. Oh, man, just getting goosebumps here thinking about it. Like, oh, first Carpenter was In the Mouth of Madness. Everybody likes to shit on this this day, de- this part of his day, de- this decade in his career. It's like you look at the 90s and everyone's just like, oh, this is crap. This is garbage. I mean, I just think it's so unfair. It's so unfair. I
1: don't know. I will say that if you look at it like that the Village of the Dam is a bad ball. I don't think it's a bad remake at all.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think uh actually my I think my least favorite John Carpenter movie is actually Memoirs of an Invisible Man. With Chevy Chase. That's that's probably my least favorite. I'm a little hesitant to say that just because Sam Neill is so good in that movie as the bad guy, dude. And that like it was like right around. It was either like the year before. I think it was the year before he did uh, Jurassic Park. So I was on a Sam Neill kick right around that time.
1: Dude, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's kind I of a totally, forgettable movie. Totally forgot which one.
0: Memoirs of an Invisible Man. It had some really cool like <laughs> special effects. You know, back in the day. But you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's kind of a comedy. But I I really liked Sam Neill and I thought he was really good. Let's talk Village of the Damned. Did not do too good uh, critically. Reviews were not too kind when it came out. Um, I do believe the New York Times and the LA Times did, did pretty decent uh, reviews for it. But most, most everybody else had mixed to negative reviews. And the bad thing is is that this film only made $9 million in 1995 on a budget of reportedly $22 million, Which is a pretty big loss. It's a weird little movie. It is weird. It's a weird film to remake. And this is one that they actually, Universal actually approached John Carpenter to remake this. I remember watching the behind the scenes. And he said it was
2: a script that Wes Craven had been working on.
0: Yeah. Wes Craven was originally supposed to uh, direct this. I, I was reading it at one point. And as it well. does sort of feel more like a Wes Craven story. Well, he rewrote it. So I don't, and then it's like some other screenwriter came in. And Carpenter's not even credited on the the screenplay. It's David Himmelstein. Himmelstein. It it feels a little bit like Carpenter Work for hire. Yeah, I can see that. Where like In yeah, the Mouth of Madness
2: it. feels like Carpenter passion.
0: Well, I think this was work for hire. I think he wanted what he wanted to do. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is what they said, and what well, the producer was saying they wanted to do it. I don't
2: know if that's means what? he wanted to do it. Well, that's his wife. So that meant him. <laughs> Because he didn't repeat that. <laughs> Carpenter ended up in the doghouse well, by Sandy. Saying, like, you you never know. know. Honestly, that that yeah. interview part may have been like, you know, she says that you wanted to do Creature from the Black Lagoon. No, she wanted to do Creature from the Black Lagoon. I wanted to do the Mars movie.
1: I would, I would have honestly liked to have seen that, though.
0: That's what they kept talking about forever. Uh, Carpenter was supposed to do Creature of the Black Lagoon. And uh, what was the other one? Forbidden Planet. Those are the two that were always he was always talking about after he did the thing. And what we got was Village of the Damned, which was really bizarre. All right, guys. So let's play the trailer, and then we'll get into our spoiler-filled breakdown.
1: At precisely 10 a.m. in a quiet seaside village, something happened. Something unexplainable. Something unbelievable.
0: There's a lot of pregnancies, much more than would normally be expected. All the pregnancies seem to date
1: from the day of the blackout. Oh no. Now, this town is about to discover that looks can kill.
2: There've been a few casualties, I should say accidents, that might be related to contact with the children.
1: My daughter was involved. Who are they? (gasps) They have one mind that they share between them.
2: Father?
1: Let us pray.
2: You've been discussing us with Dr. Vern. What did she tell you? You're hiding something.
0: The police can't do anything to stop the children.
1: Get out while you can.
0: There's something so much more powerful than we'll ever be. What are you gonna do? The only thing that we can do.
2: You can't stop us, you know. Don't try.
0: All right, and we're back, and we're talking John Carpenter's 1995 remake, Village of the Damned, starring Superman, no less. Vincent, how happy were you to see Christopher Reeves up in here?
2: Big of a fan of Superman as I am. I really have a hard time seeing him as anything else but Superman.
0: Got into your life at a young age there? I can see that. That happens to me sometimes, too.
2: Yeah, it's like sometimes he just delivers lines, and I'm like, yeah, you know, you can do it.
0: <laughs> There's even a Superman pun in this movie. A Superman pun?
2: I think we kind of mentioned that at the, <laughs> at the gas station.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah I
2: forgot about
1: that. Where station you- in the beginning? Yeah.
0: Yeah, where he's talking to Michael Perret from Bad Moon
1: fame. Yeah, when the character Frank, like, he's like, Yeah, you're so strong.
0: I thought Reeves' performance was good. Dude, yeah, I thought his performance in this was stellar, man. I thought he did a great job. I was nothing but happy th- with he everything he did, all the way. He was got also
1: him. very. Christy Alley, man. I enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed her performance in this.
2: I did think he, it was weird how he kept framing like her with the cigarette. It was just a weird yeah, kind of like
1: niche to give her.
0: I can't think of the last time I've seen anybody on screen smoking this much in a movie
2: to emphasize it so much with like like the the reverse shots when you reveal her from behind and she's got it off to the side and very almost comic booky like framed.
0: Man, I don't know. I think that's actually more more her than than Carpenter Cause like have you ever seen that movie Runaway with her and Tom Selleck and she's like always smoking. And I think she just holds her cigarettes that way. That's more Christy Alley than John But I'm talking about
2: the framing. Like, from behind, with the way that she's filling the frame, like, to introduce that character that way.
0: Movie starts. Credits are going. What did you guys think about awesome CGI alien shadow? Very 90s. I don't
1: know. I actually thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was that
0: bad. No, I mean, it's it's not that bad. It's 95, though. It it is... uh, all the all the CGI in here, I I was very '90s to me.
1: It's totally obvious. It's a '90s movie.
0: I thought it was, I thought it was kind of weird that uh, Carpenter took like the alien POV approach and like started the movie with the alien POV and showing the shadow. Yeah. I, I did. I don't know. I just thought it was bizarre and kind of a little. It was a little uncharacteristic for this type of movie. Usually, oh yeah, man, I kind of liked it, dude. You liked I, it? I thought it was a little bit uh, of like a,
2: a throwback to the science fiction movies that he probably grew up watching.
0: You usually don't see exactly. like that though. Yeah, you you don't so usually that. see alien POV though in those but in it's, like the fifties sci fi.
2: But I'm talking about it's sort of that in your in your face
0: sci-fi Oh, you're act, talking about okay. I know I Where you're
2: not where you're not like leaving the mystery like you kinda know some, You you know what's happening from that moment that it descends down and like, oh, yeah. this is coming from space. I do agree with that.
0: So aliens come to the town. Everybody falls asleep. The scene is is pretty well recreated from the original where they draw the line. Because when the town falls asleep, it's like, uh, I guess it's kind of like Stephen King's Under the Dome. Where there's kind of like that line. Yeah. But there's there's no dome or anything. You can't see anything. But there's like yeah. a line that if you cross that line, you pass out and go to sleep.
2: Great book, by the way.
0: <laughs> you seen the TV show yet?
2: two episodes.
0: Okay. All right, so I know what that means.
2: Not so great.
0: <laughs> Even before we get up to that like the small town leading up to that. Did you feel like like this movie was
2: could have had a bigger
0: budget? Yeah. It, like yeah, it, it felt like budget. it
2: needed it needed that more like that government stuff needed to feel bigger to me.
0: I will say like the one part I noticed it was when like, when everyone's falling asleep and there's that wide shot of the church I don't know. It's like a barn school, and the principal there. Anyway, like the whole town's at this cookout. I thought the framing was really weird, and it's not something that you know Carpenter usually does. We were talking about like uh, Escape from New York, about how the frames are so well composed, but it seemed like all the people were in the middle of the frame, so it left nothing. Like you know what I mean? Because there's no like bodies that were like half entered in the frame, so you got. I felt like I was seeing the whole picture, as opposed to being like, "Oh, I'm only getting this little glimpse of it." You know what I mean? And letting your imagination yeah, yeah, kind
2: of it, fill in. It goes on and on, yeah. To me, like I, I kept getting like hints that budgetary, there were some budgetary constraints on him for what he would like to do, and then the scene where Kirstie Alley is talking to the basically the guys in the dark room. To me, that was like the moment it nailed down. Okay, I don't have a, I don't have the money that I need to make this, so I'm, I'm gonna make this. To me, it felt very much like I'm gonna make this like a old sci-fi movie.
0: Yeah, it, do, it, it does. It uh, does. Yeah. No, you know, you just say that. I can see what you're saying. Like, it does have like that fifties blocking. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, he does, you know, He I'm not saying like he doesn't move the camera. Like, no, there's the, Dolly's movements going on. But I know what you're saying, like, in terms of, like, blocking and how the the actors are interacting yeah. with each other. does that makes real sense, especially with, like, how like, Christopher e. Reeves' uh, performance, like, how he ramps up toward the end. Yeah. And he just gets, like, so dramatic with the kids. And it's just like, you should feel, you fucking soulless
1: <laughs> little blonde bastards. That's why I made the comment in the beginning of this podcast. But uh, this is one of the greatest pro-abortion films ever made. If they would have all just had abortions and they had the option, not you me wrong, they fucking totally had the option. In the 1960s version, they didn't have the option of abortion. It was like, you're having this baby and that's what's going on.
0: Yes, they offer them the chance to have an abortion. But they also offer to pay them if they have the baby so they can keep it for research. All of them decide to keep their kids.
2: Yeah, I thought that was more of a... Like, they they showed the logical, you just got raped by an alien, nobody would want to have this baby, and then the whole town decides to keep it, as that the alien presence is making them keep these babies.
0: Yeah, those babies will make you dream that about looking sexy. And wind, and, and wind. <laughs> orange light.
1: Is and, that a curiosity? That's what, the worst part I, of the movie. Mean, is does this only... I mean, like they even show, they even show a part, you know, with the town meeting and shit. Okay, so everybody passes out in this town. So if you're above a certain age and you've already went through, say, menopause, you can't get pregnant. Every other female gets pregnant in the town, but yet there's only fucking nine children.
0: No, 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 no. Not every female gets pregnant. They say that.
1: Mean, you mean to tell me?
0: Not, no, not every female like gets yeah, pregnant. Do. They they say in the movie that it's it's only yeah. only the healthy women that can bear children end up getting pregnant. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they do kind of explain that. But... No, they yeah they they
0: explain it, and, and they, they like
2: Christopher know. Reeves' line of "There's a lot of pregnancies."
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like just the pause There's he puts there is, is
1: classic. I mean, the uh, to me the logical thing would be like okay. Everybody just have abortions, and we just won't to have to deal with these little fucking mind controlling evil ass fucking alien children.
0: Yeah, but they, but they, but they answer that question because they're aliens, the and you know they give the moms the dreams so they don't have the aliens make the
2: moms all decide to keep them.
1: I guess my point. I guess my point is you you take an entire town whose women. I mean, they pass out. Come on, think about this logically. An entire town. All of a sudden, everyone passes out in the entire town. And then a bunch of women get pregnant
0: yes. and have
1: babies on the same day. Come on, man. That That's enough to tell you right there that something ain't fucking right.
0: I know, but they, they answer that question in the movie. Like, they know it's not right from the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah so I don't... That's
2: why Kirstie Alley exactly. is there.
1: But you also really don't see that in the original. They don't make it apparently like everybody knows that this shit is fucked up. Everybody knows this shit isn't right, but yet they still go along with it anyway.
0: Oh no, they they totally see it in the original. No, yeah, they do. What are you talking about?
1: But not to the extent, not no, not to the extent as they do in this one. Oh no,
0: no, 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 no. They they totally do. Uh, okay. The big difference between. The first real big difference between the original and the remake, I can tell you right here, is that in the original film, the kids develop faster. And one thing I really liked is that Carpenter it? did that I thought was really, really interesting is that he played it out in re- real time and just skipped that section and showed that this town that was once, you know, whatever, it's it's a normal town in America, has now become a desolate, decayed, yeah. hauled out hell hole of a place to live in and all that. all the townspeople live in fear of
2: these creepy little kids
1: yes that can like make you blow your brains out one thing i do want to point that one thing out that that i i guess after watching i do want to point that one thing out that the john carpenter version if you watch the scene where uh christopher reeves wife i believe her name is barbara I'm not 100% sure. When she sticks her hand into that fucking pot. Oh, yeah. And then the other chick... The other chick comes up. Oh, the other mom comes up and tries to help her? Yeah, these two kids are not the same fucking age, dude. That one girl is, like, at least four or five. I think they
2: purposely cast the little Uh, kid to be different. Because he... He's the okay, different one of the group. I'm being
1: the picky, but I' being nitpicky guy yeah, 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 just it just fucking
2: I think he's supposed to be developing at a different can't... rate. He's the one that ends up developing emotions. he's the one
0: that I don't think I don't think anybody's developing at a different rate, you mean he's well, developing see, differently see, from the collective, yeah. collective, yes, because they are they're all the same height, he's shorter, yeah, that is one cool thing they they all kind of like collectively it's a, it's visually do showing that. David is different. Yeah, they do constantly give you those clues. I think that's cool, man. Now, I did think when we were watching it, You're the mom sticks her hand way, in the boiling water. I felt like
2: that was totally a Wes Craven moment. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that was left over from the Craven
0: script. No, that's from the original. Really? That exact scene yeah. happens in the original. Ah, well, I stand corrected. Yeah, uh, that was
1: happening in the I mean, since, since Jeremy pointed that out, I'll have to say that, you know, I can see where that would make sense. Because David is a different child. And he didn't maybe develop and flourish as faster as the other ones did. Now, keep in mind, Christopher Reeve's daughter, who is also becomes the ringleader later on, is also the one who did this to her mother in this particular scene that we're talking
0: about. Yes. So that
1: would kind of make sense, being as she's the leader and he's kind of like the runt of the litter, I guess you could say.
0: Yes, the the David character is is the uh, is kind of the runt. I, you know I really like when they start building this whole thing now. Like the the town wakes up and Christopher Reeves starts no- noticing the the pregnancies and everything. I, I really like the Christy Alley Christopher Reeves relationship that they have. Kind of at odds with each other, but also helping each other at the same time. I thought the relationship worked really well. Like, especially after his wife had that really kind of like out out of the blue suicide scene. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you guys, how do you guys feel about mom? Mom offing herself. Over, I just over, sort getting of thrown over the cliff. I just sort of felt like it was.
2: And I haven't seen the original, but I, I guess. Mom lives the, in the original. I just guessed that the kids were gradually offing the parents.
0: Yeah, you do kind of get that sense in this one. Now that you say that, because uh, Peter Jason, there's like this this husband that thinks his wife cheated on him. Yeah, and then, like he even comes up to the camp, kind of like at the end, trying to get one of his uh, get the one, girl back. Yeah, one of the girls is his, and can't have her. <laughs> he drives into uh, a gas tank, but the uh, the gas tank that there's a great model shot where the mo- the toy car like. Oh, I'm, I, that's disrespectful. I'm sorry. The model car goes over the camera; and, it blows into it. It's a really bizarre angle. Like, because it's like, how did the
2: car get well, that's above like, the that's camera? Like 1995, <laughs> ILM. Can you
0: do it for a cheap? Exactly, because you know what? In 1995, I didn't say shit about that effect. I was
1: no. probably like, man, that looked awesome,
0: <laughs>
2: right? That was on par with, like, Independence Day effects, man. man. Just like when I watch Commando, I'm like,
0: man, dude, I thought this was the best action movie ever made when I was seven. (laughs)
2: Because it was made for your seven-year-old ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: that's very true. I like the relationships here. I like the small town building. Oh, my God, we haven't even touched on Mark Hamill playing a crazy priest.
2: See, I thought his character was probably the most interesting. Because you see, like... The biggest kind of transition with him when his girl, I guess, wife or whatever, first gets pregnant. Oh, yeah. He's kind of there with her. But just, you know, as the movie goes on, he's ready to like cap some kids. Like, you really get the sense that through him, there is something really wrong with these children
0: before it starts showing just by the way he's acting around them. I don't know. He's he's a little he's a little stressed out, and he needs to take a valium. Even in that first scene where he's like going up, to, going up to the principal, like, uh, "Hey, uh, do we have this?"
2: Do we I have just that? thought he came across as like caring, and
1: no, he is, he is.
2: Like he really wants this barbecue to go.
1: wild. Um, I kind of got a creepo, like kind of like a fucking creepo priest vibe in that scene, personally.
0: I know. I thought I thought he was he was there. There was that great scene. Um, one of the girls that ends up getting pregnant and has a, uh, stillborn baby, she has a really good scene with Mark Hamill, uh, where they have this thing where she's like, you know, I, I haven't even had sex. How's this possible? What's happening to me? And I, right then and there, I immediately thought that they were going to go like a dark priest route with like Mark Hamill, believing that these kids came from God and, no, they they went the exact you know, they went the exact opposite way with that, but I thought I that idea was interesting.
1: I don't know, man. I, I did enjoy the scene when he was kind of like consoling her and stuff like that, but I don't know. I guess watching this movie, Mark Hamill's scene, you know, the first scene that you see him in as a priest. Me kinda of came across as like partially like this guy's like socially awkward for a priest, maybe.
0: Socially awkward. And what does he do? He's a little weird. What does he?
1: What does he do that makes and you is, think like, he's socially awkward? Mannerisms. I guess you could say. What well, I guess you is his mannerisms. I, like, I I thought I, he I came across
2: that. at the beginning of the movie like he was a just an overly caring guy, really nice. And then at the end of the movie, very
0: unhappy with what the, what has happened. <laughs> he he definitely needed a pop of volume. He he needed, or really, you know, this an exercise. He was a little he was a little high strung. The delivery scene, Oh, when they actually all start giving the births, uh, there's a really awesome dolly shot. Like Carpenter puts just the best Panavision. I oh, mean, I love his Panavision dolly shots. But this two three five aspect ratio, following Kirstie Alley by each one all the way until she gets to the last, uh, you know, to the Virgin Girl, and she steals the baby. Yeah, this is kind of where we get our, our I guess, a, a good time jump in the movie. First act is over at this point. I really did not care much for the green-eyed effect on the kids. Okay, so when the kids possess people or make the grown-ups or anybody do anything, their, their eyes, eyes, glow. eyes glow. And it starts off in the very first scene, like when they're we talked about the mom with the boiling water, putting her hand into it, the green eyes. And then later in the movie, the thing that I really thought was really badass and kind of came out of nowhere was that the eyes changed color.
2: Like the stronger their intensity. They...
0: Yeah, I, I thought that and was kind of cool. And then their skulls
2: start showing through.
0: Oh yeah, yeah! At the very end, where you can actually yeah. kind of like see their alien form, kind of underneath their, I don't I, know, whatever they have.
2: I will admit, like I remember seeing the movie what, what, twenty years ago, not being bothered by the green eyes, and this time really feeling like the green eyes were
0: dated. It 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 is a it's a dated ILM effect. I don't know. I didn't like the green, but man, dude, when they went red, I was kind of on board for that. I was. I that's like the orange. Right. The
2: orange seemed to work. The green just seemed out of place.
0: Yeah, the green does not fit. I don't know what it is. I still don't like that.
2: Part. And I did not like the the close-up shots of
1: the eyes.
0: I don't. I like that one when I'm she's not. with the optometrist. I did like
1: the optometrist scene. Yeah, yeah right. Like That's what I
0: was going to say. Scene. I did like how they kind of did the flutter effect.
2: Yeah. But I'm talking about like when they're just like in the house and they are oh. not like the close-ups. Yeah, yeah. I thought the 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 face works better. Yeah, Cuz that yes. one one girl does a great like I'm creepy kid face. The leader chick. Yeah.
0: Oh man, she did, it, dude.
2: Yeah, she could have been like female omen.
1: Yeah, she totally could have filled that role perfectly.
0: Yeah, that that's like a a a thing that's pretty consistent throughout, you know, horror movies, through The Omen and The Bad Seed and
2: naturally we look at children as this innocent being and if you you have one that is, you know, malicious from the get-go, then it it makes you question your whole humanity.
1: Well, just, I mean, just out of curiosity, have you guys ever seen that movie Godson? Yeah, with Robert De Niro in it? Yeah, Robert De
0: Niro and Craig Ginear. And... Oh,
1: once again, that little, fucking guy, that little fucking kid in that movie, man,
0: is creepy. What about The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin? Or Hide and Seek, also with Robert yeah, De Niro.
1: Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin is also fucking freaky as shit in that goddamn movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's its its a theme that runs runs throughout. So yeah, nothing I guess,
1: scarier than kids and old people. Kids
0: and what? Old people? Did you say old, old people. people? Why? Are, what yes, movie are old people scarier than? Bubba Hotap? I'm not saying that there's
1: a. I'm not saying that there's a movie that I know of with scary old people. But if you put scary old people in a movie, it would be fucking scary. Um
0: just the
2: sound i don't know how walk, i feel about the that. sound of that walker coming <laughs> after you
1: clack. <laughs> clack
0: it follows too can you imagine like
1: like the yeah. like the air machines coming on. <gasps> sounds like fish going the chair hold on hold on the visit i think is that, is that right the visit yeah we're, yeah good like night shamon yeah yeah we ta- really like that we've
0: we've talked about yeah. that on the podcast, yeah, have you seen it yet, Brian? No, I haven't yeah, seen I'm it yet ass so. ass
1: old people,
0: so these kids are now going around town and killing anybody that opposes them. Mysterious deaths are happening. What's left of the town is kind of it's kind of falling apart, and the one thing that they added in, and this is in the original that there's this midwich place is not the only village. That has had this occur. That there are other places that have had this happen, and it gets down to the point where everybody in Midwich—they're the last of these alien beings, the last of these little blonde-headed kids that are left. And there's, you know, there's a big question about I, what's I was, the government going to do with them. Well, and- I was
2: kind of confused about that. I was going to ask about some clarification. Does that mean that, like, in these other cities, the government has gone in and
0: just wiped them out, or? Well, they say what happens to a couple of them, I, I believe, like...
2: Because they're told to evacuate.
1: Well, they do also say something about a town that um, had, like, everybody had the kids and they were all born stillborn.
0: There's different things that occur to all these different villages. And then they make a point to to say that, yes, there's a stillborn one. But then that the last one where the kids were a little bit more advanced and they ended up nuking that town or bombing it. I don't know if they actually used a nuke. But they did bomb it, and they, they killed everybody there.
2: Okay, that's kind of what I was wondering, Was is that what they were planning to do?
0: Yeah, and because they didn't want to let anybody know, because if they let the townspeople know, then the kids would find out. And that's something that they're taking from the the, the original film. In the original film, they constantly kept saying things like, well, you know, this, we sent in the military, and they didn't do anything. They just made all the military members kill each other well we get that scene in this movie and
1: man i thought this was be. great it was it was awesome
0: benson you're talking about budget earlier i think this is a section of the movie where the budget hey you can see yeah you can see some holes here and there i mean this doesn't look like a 50 million dollar movie but man for what they had to work with i thought this was pretty awesome it was it was cool seeing these army guys come out and shoot each other and I mean, I don't know. It's just like the mind controlling alien invasion, Twilight Zone episode scenario that you've been thinking of for a while. You finally get to see it on screen. I thought I thought it was really well done, and I, I thought this was this was a really cool sequence.
2: Like the cops started turning on each other, then the army shows up, and then the cops are shooting the army, then the army starts shooting each other. It just turns into like this meat market. It also shows to the potential danger of what the world could be facing if.
0: Yeah, if you had that kind of power.
2: Yeah, if those kids get out, like yeah. eventually Batman's going to
0: want to come kill them because there's just too much power. <laughs>
1: eventually Superman's yeah. going to come to justice.
0: Whatever, justice man. Justice. He's, they're just yeah. going to make Superman go kill everybody in the world. They're like, oh, wow, this is like super easy. We're just going to mind control that alien and get him to kill everyone else. We got it. Next movie. Yeah, I find a Batman
2: versus is. Village of the Damned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is going on I here? This is going off the rails. You Happy actually... one year.
1: No, but seriously, I think it's funny that you say that because, you know, Christopher Reeves, Superman. You know.
2: Back to the movie. <laughs> I, I I did have a question I wanted to ask you the other day, but I didn't get a chance. What did you think of the visual of the
0: brick wall? That's the original idea from the first film. that's And they keep mentioning mm-hmm. this brick wall because he has a brick wall in his office the Christopher Reeve character in the first movie, and he's constantly seeing it. In this, they started off with the wave that Christopher, like uh, where his wife dies, sees that he has this memory of like, oh, that was so great. We had this such this love connection and we saw the water He's able to block out his other memories by remembering the wave. Man, I thought that was brilliant. That was great. I was like, man, this is why you do remakes. This is way better than that fucking brick wall. And then the next scene when he goes in there with the aliens, what is he doing? He's not thinking about the wave anymore. He's thinking about the fucking brick wall and i'm like why did that happen
2: well see i didn't know it was in the original i was i was just a little confused that he went yeah. for the waves because it seems to me like if you're you're thinking about the ocean then they could have really made that interesting of you're thinking of the ocean again and they just keep going deeper into the ocean that would have been an interesting like yeah. visual but no I, suddenly that... to me it was just out of out of the blue there was a brick wall with a bomb behind it
0: yeah, I thought of all of like Carpenter's like little changes that he could do to that first film. I thought this was the biggest misstep that he made. I love Carpenter death. I mean, I just I just did we not know. enjoy this. I, I didn't enjoy that particular moment in there it's just because he uses the same visual that they used even in the original. Like in the original, it cracks and it kind of falls away, and then this one bricks are being like thrown out at you. Yeah, it felt like a ham-fisted metaphor.
2: So is that how they kill the kids in the original? Is they Yeah,
0: yeah. It's the exact same. Yeah, dude, this is the exact the same bomb. story with, yeah, some couple things that are, are switched out. Well, a lot more emphasis is put on the pregnancy and the women. But, like, plot-wise, it's pretty much the same. But I just feel like Crystal, Christopher Reeve's character didn't really have a, a motivation or a reason to be going to this brick wall other than the fact that, you know, I guess a brick wall is hard to penetrate, I guess. I don't know. Like why why weren't you thinking of a steel door, dumbass? <laughs> I don't know. Think of something stronger than a brick wall. You mate. are the man of steel. Boom. Boom. You guys left a that ball. fruit hanging there for a while. I was like, man, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna grab that.
1: All of a sudden you have your now, I,
2: honestly, I thought I thought they were gonna do something really cool with like the waves and the visuals of like him trying to concentrate on the ocean and going deeper into the water and it just didn't happen.
0: No, I, I I totally agree. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, yeah, I I think that would have been a great idea, pinson, That would have been amazing. But this is one of those things where I think you know, like homage on the side of air, you know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to watch in the mouth of madness, man. Well, dude, we can go watch it right now after we get done with this, man. I'm down.
1: And there's one character that I do want to point out that he he did kind of have a fucked up death, and that was the the drunken janitor.
0: George Buck Flowers, a John Carpenter <laughs> motherfucking staple. Him and Peter Jason are the two John Carpenter yep. regulars in this cast. Love George Buck Flowers. Love 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 this yep. man. He has got so much charisma. It's insane like how he says things, how he does things. Nobody else on in in cinema looks and sounds the way this guy does. Now that is an endorsement.
1: Kid, he smacks that one kid upside the face to the fucking green. But man, I, I love him every time I see he's, him. He's definitely the drunken janitor type.
0: No, dude. I mean, he's definitely even the. What's that? The uh, they live where he plays the drunk, and he's like, "Come on, guys, let's, it's,
1: just, it's just a taste yeah, no, of the good life." The drunken they live too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah. Peter uh, Jasons is also a carpenter uh, regular. Um, <laughs> I mean, these, those guys have been in countless Carpenter movies, and I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see him here. I I I love the cast all the way through. Cast was great.
1: And I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not the hugest fan of Christie Alley, but I will say Christie Alley did play a very. She did play a very good role. In
0: hey man, she's in my favorite Star Trek film of all time.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. The Wrath of Khan. What I mean, dude,
0: she's so great. And look who's talking.
1: Yeah, she is way awesome. To, way to
0: bring me down there, Benson. My favorite Bruce Willis-voiced baby movie. Wait, you like that better than the sequel? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I, the only thing I remember about uh, Look Who's Talking 2 is the potty monster. I want your pee-pee and poo-poo. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I remember about that film. I have not seen it in probably 20-plus years but or whenever it came out.
2: I Really, all I remember about Look Who's Talking is that the baby, like you can hear the baby's thoughts, and you see Kirstie Alley in a bra.
0: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of ill-timed sex jokes from when I saw it on HBO when I was six. Uh, <laughs> I remember that uh, Beach Boys song, "I Get Around," playing while the sperm are going to the egg, and I was just I remember like as a kid, just being like, "Huh, why are those tadpoles white?" <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What the? F- What's up with that? What are they attacking?
1: No idea what was going
0: on. uh, Oh my gosh. Look, Dad, the tadpoles uh, are destroying the Death Star. Yes, yes, son? (laughs) That's how babies are (laughs) made. Everything
2: comes back to Star Wars.
1: Every time Luke Skywalker attacks
0: (laughs) Death Star, a baby is born. (laughs) Earthling gets her life. A baby gets his wings. <laughs> what the hell is going on, guys? I think it's time to pull the plug on this shit. Uh, Since we're, we're kind of laughing and everything, what did you guys think of a uh, stillborn uh, alien baby face?
2: That was my wow. least favorite part of the movie. That was
0: like straight.
2: Yeah, it was pretty bad. I didn't understand like why that baby looked different than the other babies, right? Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. And then when they went in and they're like looking at it, fucking talking to him. Or although I I did like the mind control oh, on Kirstie Alley when they made her cut herself up. The oh yeah, autopsy. that
0: was good. That was really her death scene yeah, was that great. Was, that was, you like, know what? Fuck that. All the death scenes were great in this, right? They, they were, man. man but I'm gonna be, be honest
2: with you. But that one to me just yeah, that would be yeah. miserable.
0: Oh, you know what? I was like the guy that fell on the grill. When they all blacked out at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, but
2: you don't see him until later. I, like,
0: that's what was so great. Oh, yeah. you. You've been, he, you've been... he
2: passed out in the wrong place at the yeah, wrong plus, plus, time. He was burning the yeah, shit out of the hot Yeah, all he, he did dogs. was
1: burn the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, burn them. <laughs> yeah, that's right? Yeah, all he, does is ever, all he ever does is burn the hot dogs. Oh, and then the lady that
0: stood there and burned death. A lot of burning in this movie. That's okay, done I, in the original, too. That That's another
1: callback. I will say, man, though, goddamn the janitor got it bad. Yeah, he had a bruise in the stomach and he went through the windshield of a Ford.
2: I'd see I'd rather go like that Jesus. than sit on an autopsy table and cut myself open.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, or set myself
1: on fire. But I think I'd rather yeah, definitely.
2: Janitor yeah. died in like point eight of a second. Kirsty Alley died yeah, in Kirstie like Kirsten three Alley minutes. Yeah, she got the shit, yeah, know, got the
1: shit in the
0: Very into the movie. So Chris Reeves. He, uh, he stops by the Wally Coyote store and picks up um, some Acme Dynamite, <laughs> and he throws it in his bag. Right. And it does look exactly like Looney Tunes Dynamite. With a Looney Tunes clock.
2: I know, right? <laughs> it totally does. That I'm looking at. It going, totally oh, how does. How does that, just because that clock clicks, so what is that? does that make the bomb go off? Yeah, I I give this I give this a like. I usually enjoy if it. we talk if we're talking about it, we liked
0: it. it. It's it's a good movie. It does have it does have a couple of flaws in it, but I really enjoy it. I think it's got a lot to offer people. If you like movies that are
2: you know sci-fi, especially if you can if you can dig like that kind of fifties throwback vibe,
0: I think it's fun. Did that change your viewing of this film? Now that all three of you us know, now have kids, honestly,
2: it didn't change mine at all.
0: Really. Because no, my money? kids aren't little aliens, so it didn't really. See, my youngest is got blonde hair. So does mine. And his name is Da His middle name is David. So my, I don't know about this. My guy. youngest
2: has blonde hair and will look at you creepy like that chick will.
0: If you're a Carpenter fan, please by all means don't listen to anybody else. Watch this movie. It's a Carpenter film. It's a good movie. Um, can't support John Carpenter enough I on this podcast. Please. Please, I need another John Carpenter movie. But we I need love more The Ward. <laughs> the Ward is good, man. That was, and that got a lot of shit, too. You know what? I think that got so much shit just because it was awesome, because it was the first one after Ghost of Mars.
1: Yeah, you're probably right about that.
0: There's also like 10 years but I, I, I,
1: I, between them. But. Dude, I'm a Carpenter fan. I love a lot of John Carpenter's movies, but Ghost of Mars, it's my least favorite one.
0: I think Ghost of Mars has got a lot of good things to it. I think the dissolves and the editing are interesting. No, look, it's got some Western uh, influences in it. And watch Rio Bravo, then watch Ghost of Mars. I think you'll understand what Carpenter was doing. That's what I think. I just like his shot shot choices. I like his stories, man. I like the characters that he puts in his movies and what he gets them to do. I think it's interesting.
1: Beautifully shot landscapes. And I will say Carpenter definitely knows how to shoot beautiful landscapes. So to see someone who they can go they they can go from directing a movie like Halloween to directing a, a movie like Village of the Damned with with the amazing and beautiful landscapes. I'm telling you, like within the first like and he you know,
2: directed five Man.
1: minutes of that movie.
0: Fuck yeah, he did you Star did Man. some seriously beautiful
1: Star shot. <laughs> Storming actually does have some beautifully shot pieces, too. Uh,
0: I, man, look, I, I've got to read this quote from uh, John Carpenter. This was uh, in response to uh, somebody asking him about the press for Village of the Damned. His response is, My career is basically genius or bum. I am both genius and bum, and sometimes I am both simultaneously. To some people, I am the worst director, and I can't be expected to make a good movie. And to some people, I'm this genius. You never know. Neither is particularly true. The truth lies somewhere in between. And with that, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end. And we did want to mention that Shout Factory put out a beautiful Blu-ray edition of this film in nice, gorgeous 1080p. It looks incredible. If you're a fan of this film, I would recommend picking it up. This is definitely the best this movie has ever looked on home video. Uh, It's probably the closest you're going to get to the theatrical experience um, until it's released in 4K, which was going to be even more mind-boggling. But um, yeah, so this has got uh, nice nice behind-the-scenes features, and they put a lot of... um, Put a lot of work into this. It looks really good. And I did want to apologize for the tardiness of this episode. Um, I, I had some work that came up, and you know, uh, sometimes when you get opportunities in life, you got to go for them and you got to take them, but I did not have time to edit this episode. So I apologize. This is completely my fault. I, I'm so sorry. I know this is our, our one year anniversary and it's late. I'm a dick. What are you going to do? Um, Hey, this is free, right? So that's cool. Yay. can't complain about free stuff, can you? Yeah, you can. Um, Who am I kidding? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. don't 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 hate us too much. We're gonna close out the show with a little bit of a treat here. We're gonna be playing some of the Village of the Dam soundtrack, music by John Carpenter and Dave Davies. We're gonna play track number one from the CD titled. March of the Children. Always love some John Carpenter scores. Enjoy.